0: Hi everyone, Um, welcome to the Uber Neuro podcast. Uh, We are actually filming this as well and at some point the video will make it out into the the real world but for now it's audio only and I'm joined by a very interesting lady that I've known for uh, nearly uh, nine years I think by my estimation. Um, We're going to talk to her in a minute but just to remind you all, uh, Uber Neuro is a podcast designed to interview interesting and amazing people who are succeeding in their fields, despite or because of a neurodiversity. And a neurodiversity is, of course, anything that is not neurotypical. Um, So um, a neurodiversity could be uh, autism uh, or ASD, it could be ADHD, it could be um, dyslexia, dyspraxia, there are lots and lots of things that fall out of neurotypical. Uh, So today I am joined by Rachel Diamond, uh, who runs My Yard. Rachel, hello, are you there?
1: Hi, hi Al, yeah, I'm here.
0: Welcome, you are the second Uber Neuro podcast guest. This is very exciting. The first guest uh, we spoke to last week and the response was really powerful. Uh, So uh, you've got a tough act to follow, but you just be you and I'm sure you'll be fine. Uh, And I'll just be me, so we'll make it work. Um, The objective, as I said, is to talk through uh, the challenges you faced, um, and what uh, what happened next, and where you are now. So let's start at the beginning. Uh, talk us through. Uh, we want this podcast to be about max twenty minutes length. So if I if I try and speed you up, don't take it personally. Um, but talk us through uh, the challenge you faced um, when you learned about your neuro- neurodiversity.
1: Um, Well, I never actually learned exactly what it was when I was younger, but challenges when I were younger was, um, I'm just always bored and distracted. um, And I couldn't focus on anything long term. So I've got no forward vision. I've got no actual no understanding of what's going to happen tomorrow. It's literally just always in the moment. And I'm always seeking like adventure and fun. Um, which might sound great, (laughs) it is, Mm -hmm. but it's quite a challenge um, when it comes to sort of being at school and sitting in the classroom, giggling and being bored. Um, And it's a little different because I'm not um, lively and naughty. I'm more distracted. Um, So it wasn't so apparent at school. I guess that's why it didn't get picked up. Um, So, yeah, my journey was just always waiting for the next thing looking for an adventure looking for excitement trying to trying to um just change the situation become more interesting and um i don't know what else to say
0: no that's fine i mean that's fascinating i mean i love how you made the distinction between uh you know uh i wasn't naughty uh, and and sort of what was the other word you used um uh, i can't remember but you know it's interesting how people can be hidden Uh, even with something like ADHD, that they can be quite hidden away. And that even if we're looking, even if we're looking uh, for the signs and the signals of neurodiversity, the reality is certainly, you know, a few decades ago, 10, 20 years ago, uh, when we were kids, uh, and even today, even though we're more aware and looking for neurodiversity, we still struggle to see what's in front of us. So- I, think,
1: I think with um, female ADHD, um, to make a generalisation, it is often really, really hidden. And um, I mean, I don't even now understand it, but it's very much about the things. The way I would explain it to someone, just my life, is the things you find easy, I find, in, or you know, someone who doesn't have it, I find impossible, and the things you might find impossible I I find very easy so for me just to get out of the door and not forget not lose my keys not forget something to put away washing to clean the house I'm just traumatized I find them so difficult to just do the simplest tasks um and the same at school remembering the right books paying attention even following a conversation through remembering what someone said two minutes ago um is is really difficult but you know we'll come to it later there's super strengths that come with it as well but it it's the easy things the the simple things in life um are just just overwhelming it's really really and it always was overwhelming just to just to sort of get through the day um because it it sort of blocks you right from the start you can't do what other people can do and it's always it was always quite traumatizing just to feel like that until um it, it was like a hump to overcome. There was always a hump that I had to overcome to just get into my power. And I never understood why.
0: That Amazing. And it makes total sense. And I was thinking to myself, uh, this morning, uh, in my morning routine, such as it is, uh, why I can't remember to just do one simple thing. I kind of remember what it was. Um, and it's just, it's maddening and it's so not only self-defeating, but, um, it's really self-destructive because you think it's you. And whilst it is you, it's, it's an innate part of you. It's, it's not something you can change. And all you can do is learn to live with it. And I don't know, I, I'm sure I must be ADHD. I'm the most active human being alive. Oh, look, there's something interesting. You know, that's the story of my life. Must stop fidgeting was on every school report. Uh, must, must pay more attention has, has potential. You know, I mean, all of these things were there and prevalent from day one. No one picked up on any of it. All of these incredibly brilliant people around me.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like someone said to me recently, like um, sort of moving towards now. Um, You know, even when I met you, like our first meeting, it's always that feeling of being the child in the room, the one that never really gets anywhere, because I'm the one who everyone likes, or well, a lot of people like, but they don't work with. It's it's like I'm always, it's like a bit chaotic, nice person, but chaotic. Um, And it was really, really frustrating to always be that person that, that, connected with loads of people, had loads of potential, did amazing things, but never, just never got the opportunities. And I'd introduce people to each other and they'd get work together and do great business together and be successful. And sort of look at me as if like, why don't you get your life together? Why, you, You know, and another thing with, um, that runs hand in hand with ADHD is, um, emotional regulation. It's kind of like we feel very happy or I do, um, but can also feel very sad and be put, put out of step by the simplest thing just someone looks at you the wrong way and it's like the way I process it it's completely like I overreact um and so again that's a that's another problem so it's all these it's literally like being a child a lot of the time which is really fun I love it yes (laughs) I mean I absolutely love it but it's it's taken me until this good old age to sort of try and start to use it as a strength rather than get hit down and um never never break through the that part um and another thing is like people people would say to me because I'm surrounded by a lot of um seem to be surrounded by sort of spiritually inclined meditative people and um they'll be like oh you know I meditate or I do this maybe you should try it and I'm like you know what Just sitting with a cup of coffee is my biggest relaxation. (laughs) I drink coffee, you know, I used to just sit there and I'd say, and no one believed me. And I'd be like, I just need to sit with my coffee and it will calm me down because for years, caffeine and things like that, it works with my brain to calm it, it does the exact opposite to what it does to most people. Yeah, Um, And that was a hard thing to explain to people, like why my biggest calming moment would be sitting with a coffee somewhere. (laughs) <laughs>
0: you know, it reminds me of a friend of mine in Canada who uh, was very, very uh, always on, always switched on, you know, constantly moving emotionally, mentally, physically. And we always used to describe him as, uh, do you remember Asterix, the comics? Yeah. Do you remember Abelix, the big guy in the blue and white striped yeah. pants? Um, and, and when he, you know, when they were going to fight the Romans, they would take the potion, wouldn't they? And they'd get really, really powerful and excited. And when he was a baby, he was dropped in the potion. And so he was always super powerful, super excited, really going off like a firecracker, uh, at the slightest thing. And so we described this friend as, as a Belix. you know, like he was dipped in, uh, you know, he was just so out there all the time. We used to imagine that he was dipped in LSD as a kid because mm. he just, his brain just didn't, makes sense looking back now and he may well be listening to this but looking back now clearly he's neurodiverse of course he is by miles it's so obvious and I think it's the same for us our ability to uh to just sit and meditate is almost impossible
1: it's impossible and it doesn't calm me down and it's also and the same thing like you say um it's like people say oh you think outside the box I swear, I don't even know what's in the box. I don't even know there's a box there. I, I don't even relate to the box. So it's really difficult to explain that to someone who really lives in the box. Um, and that's difficult when you're at school surrounded by sort of less people that you choose and more people, you know, that, that you have to be around. And I guess as you, as you get older, you find your, your tribe, so to speak. And um, surround yourself by people who, who actually put up and understand you and, and things like that. And that's been very key for me, surrounding myself with the right people. And um, dealing with ADHD, for me, a key thing has been the ability to express myself and, exp- and, and sort of just say exactly as it is. Because otherwise it builds up inside. And I go into myself, whereas if I walk in a room and say, I'm probably going to find this boring. So if I stand up and walk up and down excuse me, but I really want to be here, but I just can't do it the same way you do. Or just putting it out there. Even my children, I've got one autistic child as well with other things. And, um, you know, I drive them mad. But to just talk about it, it's like, you know, my child, when we drive to school, will say, you just need to talk to me, don't you, mummy? So I'll take my headphone out and you can just chatter away so you don't get bored on the car journey. And it's like that. They put up with me and they put up with my chaos. And, um, you know, we, we find a way of talking about it rather than getting angry and, um, you know, trying to change each other. It, it's it's open communication for me is, is so key. The most painful thing in the world is not being able to communicate. Um, and, and that just holds me back immensely.
0: That's really interesting. And the fact that you all kind of just kind of wind your way through coping with it and adapting rather than the frustration. I agree mm-hmm. with you. I mean, it's very, when you don't know why someone's doing something and they're just behaving against your expected norm, you tend to react negatively against it. When you understand, I mean, there was a chap who I used to speak to, must have been eight years ago, and he was really irritating to me. And I didn't understand at the time that he was mm-hmm. Spurgers. And he was hugely irritating, uh, quite abrupt, quite uh, far too direct. I didn't know him that well, but on the phone, it was really brutal levels of abruptness and directness and, and you know, really, like, surprising.
1: Um,
0: mm-hmm. And I spoke to him a few months ago, and he said, by the way, I just want to let you know, I've been diagnosed with Asperger's, so that's why I'm the way I am. And I said, oh, right, that makes so much sense now. He said, I know, doesn't it? <laughs> He's been having this conversation with everyone. And that's the interesting thing most of the people we all speak to every day probably have a neurodiversity or another to some degree or another and when when and i think that's the interesting thing i'm learning is that when i react negatively when i find myself pushing back against someone because they're not doing something the way i want it done you know because that's our brain the way it works generally is if someone isn't playing ball we tend to react negatively, but actually what I'm discovering I'm doing more of now is when, when I get that negative reaction, I'm starting to think to myself, what's their neurodiversity? Why are they not computing it the way I am? And the way your kids do that in the car is brilliant. They just know that you need to talk to them. Otherwise- they just
1: know, they know I, I get bored. But I also think a lot of people aren't neurodiverse and because and that annoys me. And I, I, it brings out the worst in me because I find I, I try and avoid situations now where I'm provocative because if I feel I'm in a boring situation, even, even now, I just, I can't help it. I start shooting my mouth off because if someone asks me an annoying question, I'll just be that kid again and it will bring it out of me. So even with work, I've developed sort of my, my work and everything I do to allow myself to just be me and just not be in any kind of situation that, that, that I don't know, tries to confine me because um, my mum recently, she said, oh, I think everyone's got something. And I'm like, no, you know, like attracts like. I'm surrounded by a lot of people who have, but I know a lot of people who, who don't. They see the world at very black and white and, and you know, they don't think it's normal to be late. I, like, I'm always late, I, it, you know, I, I just can't help it because I don't factor in like time travel or anything however hard I try. And people aren't like that. I cancel at the last minute quite often and, and I have to go by my feelings and that is just me. And on a professional level, I've managed to rein it in, but on a personal level, I really don't think I could be incredibly close with, with someone who is either not <laughs> understanding or, or very, very sort of black and white in their thinking. And there are a lot of people like that.
0: No, I agree. I think you're right. I think, um, I think you're spot on, actually. And I think there are almost two worlds of that, that black and white group of, well, just don't be late. Just don't do that. Just be this way. And it's Why like, would
1: you do that? <laughs> if it
0: was that easy, then I'd do it. I mean, that's the point. And I think, and I think that we, we kind of all need to be a bit kinder to each other in the understanding that, um, you know, we're not no one's doing it on purpose. No yeah. one's doing it because they want to be late or they want to cancel. Or, like you said, you've got to go with your feelings. And I think that's super important, especially. And I think that's what neurodiversity taught me because of my son and generally me because of me. I've got to go with how I feel. I, I've become a people pleaser. Because I mm. didn't go with how I feel. I go with how everyone else feels. Mm. But that doesn't serve me. I've got to serve me mm. in the core. And I think you have to serve you.
1: And it's, um, it's, yeah, especially like um, find structure. For me, it's like if, if I don't create structure, I, I don't even know what I'm why I'm doing anything. But structure is so, so important when you've got a very disorganised brain. Um, yeah. And that's boundaries and structure in everything. And just being open to learning being open to finding people who understand me but but give good advice um both professionally and personally that that has been my key to success in the last um you know especially in the last couple of years and i have actually been taking um like ritalin medication for my adhd and it literally changed my life um to do that and it it's created a lot of success um just to have that little bit of help. Um, and I think it's something, in America, they use it a lot more. <clears throat> but in England, we don't talk about it as much. and People yeah. downplay it, but for me personally, um, I'm very open about it, and it, it's- um, Works for you. It's been a game changer for me, and I've met, I, like I said, mixed with a lot of natural people, and they completely disagree. And I say, don't, you know, don't judge someone's shoes until you walk in them
0: well look everyone's got to do what suits them i mean it's not it's not a judgment is it you've got to do what works for you Mm -hmm. and no one no one of course should judge um conscious of time Mm -hmm. tell me where you are now tell me how the world is how you've learned to cope and talk about you know owning your power because you talked a bit about superpowers i want to know how it's translated for you
1: well, I find that sort of hyper-focus has always been a great solace for me. It's, um, it's when I get completely into something, I'm happiest. And I am very sort of, I to say career as in financial career, but I am someone who likes to have a mission, a focus. Um, and I've done quite a few different things, but I, I've fallen into sort of the charity sector. And I love the, the way that I can help people and create something. Completely organic, something that, that fulfills me but is also a career at the same time. And there's great support network in in the charity sector. It's different to business because business you have to be a bit cutthroat sometimes. Whereas in, in the not-for-profit, it's very there's a lot of love, a lot of building relationships, and it just perfectly suits my personality to to do that and to run my own my, my own thing gives me a lot of freedom to change my mind and develop new programs and be sort of small um, I don't know what you how you'd say it sort of an insurgent type charity it, it's very liberating and just suiting the way my brain works getting a lot of praise and sort of you know help along the way Um yeah has just helped me shine on a personal level and I feel I help other people but it it's it's really finding something that fulfills me that's changed my life.
0: Amazing and it sounds like a real natural fit as well.
1: It's completely natural yeah.
0: Yeah amazing it's funny how life works isn't it you know we we were joking uh, at the start about uh, you know uh, not not being a sort of corporate type but Mm. actually um, that that suits you down to the ground and your brain is wired in a certain way and it suits your brain down to the ground. So, you know, um, I think, I think most people don't go through their life figuring out what they want to do or figuring out where their joy or their bliss is. So the fact that you've got to what I think is yours, mm. is powerful, um, and, and must be very liberating to, to do your thing. Like you said, cause you're doing your thing if you're a bit late. Okay.
1: And it's just it, it, the, the, the things I've been through in life, you know, I've, you know, just, you know, like, and it was ADHD, nothing else. It's like, you know, I went through a very bad divorce, split up, and I lost my house. And I, I wouldn't have done that if I'd have had my brain together. And so working with people who go through the same thing, I work with a lot of isolated people, I really understand the struggle is real for them to fill in forms and to get to food banks. So it's, it's a real um, pleasure to work and understand people at the same time. Um, right. And so that's why I'm, I guess I'm quite successful is because I, I can actually understand the people I work with because I've been through the same thing.
0: <laughs> amazing, amazing. Right. So that that journey brings you out the other side to a place where you can help them as well. So
1: yeah, and mm-hmm. I have, but making sure I've got a very strong support network. I know you do a lot of networking and you understand the the power of, of a support network, and um, <laughs> I have that, and I wouldn't be where I was without that. I've got. Um, the sort of charity that looks after all the small charities and they've guided me and they, they guide me on all the things I do that I find difficult. And that is the most important thing.
0: Amazing. Do you wanna just quickly tell us uh, the URL of your charity and give us a quick heads up as to what it does?
1: Um, well, I actually use social media mostly. It's myyard.org.uk, um, myyard events, hashtag My yard events. And we basically cre- create events
0: <laughs> don't worry <laughs> don't worry that's okay so, um yeah. we
1: we basically just try and stop isolation we use food as a tool um so we we provide meals and um food bank we give out food we're working on an estate in harrow right now that's wow. being generated and we put on events we bring in sort of reflexology gong baths um hip-hop nights everything just to wow. try and bring no one should feel isolated if you've got no money or you've got no friends or your place isn't nice. It shouldn't mean you go without the good things in life. Because I like excitement, so I'm always creating exciting events. Um,
0: Amazing. So your superpowers, you bring it.
1: all free. It's all free.
0: <laughs> wow. Wow.
1: Um,
0: and that—that that sounds incredible. Well, look. Obviously, we're gonna we're gonna link uh, to that through everything we do um, and encourage anyone to get in touch. Rachel, thank you so much for sharing and opening up and telling us your story. I think it's incredible and, and I've never had this depth of conversation with you and it's brought a completely different light even to the way I look at you now and now I understand you and hopefully a little <laughs> bit in return as well and and so we'll talk more because I think it, you know talking creates more common ground um, and, and I think when we understand each other uh, things happen and I think that that's the key and I think that's part of why I'm doing this because uh, I struggled to understand my son and of course he's a son he's a teenager who understands you understand?
1: well I'll well, I'll trust me whatever my one I mean yeah. I've homeschooled. I've I've yeah and that's why <laughs> it, I needed to address me um to support my eldest child and um that that was the thing that pushed me to recognize what's going on with me to really support an autistic child is this, is you know two ends of a spectrum basically
0: (laughs) yeah but like you said you've got to know both of them you can't just know one of them because otherwise you end up lost in the middle well look thanks so much once again Uh, I'm going to bring the recording to a close to everyone listening thank you so much for listening please do share this please do get in touch if you've got a story to tell do go and check out myyard.org.uk even if you're not in that area Uh, is there anything you can do to help Rachel is there somebody Rachel needs to connect with um it's a kinder world when we're kinder to each other so um continue to be kind and try and understand uh, what the other person you're talking to is going through as opposed to why they're just not doing what you want them to do in the way you want them to do it and that's what i think um, uber neuro is about um so thank you so much rachel once again thank and you. to everybody listening uh, we'll be back again another time
1: thank you well done thank you